Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Uh, We're going to be talking about trust, which is super, super important uh, in our relationships today. And, uh, you know, a a lot of times in in the church world, and and it's rightfully so, uh, you know, forgiveness is important. And we spent a lot of time talking about the importance of, of, of forgiveness. But uh, I want you to, 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 to realize something. We tend to get what we focus on. So we need to focus on what we really want. And if you just want relationships where forgiveness is extended over and over and over again, um, that's okay. Uh, but in reality... That's really not what most of us are after. You know, I'd rather change the oil of my car every 10 to 15,000 miles than have to change my engine every 30 to 50,000 miles. I'd rather listen to a good nutritionist uh, versus having to, to take advice from, from a surgeon because I didn't listen to a nutritionist. I, I'd rather, you know, maybe invest a, a little extra time and money in a little marriage counseling versus dealing with the cost and the pain of a divorce. You see, repentance and healing is the healing balm for an unwell relationship. But what about building relationships that, that aren't sick? What about building relationships that, that, that are well. So whether it's family, whether it's relationships, uh, friendships, forgive me, business, etc., all relationships are built on the cornerstone of, of, of trust. And without trust, we have absolutely nothing. Even our relationship with God is built on trust. Uh, we have to believe. We have to trust that what he said he accomplished on the cross, he did in fact accomplish on the cross. And without trust, we have absolutely nothing. So to focus on forgiveness without building trust, um, it's like constantly trying to repair an already totaled car. So we can forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. But again, if we have not invested in building trust, we will not have a strong relationship. We might have a highly religious relationship, we might feel that, you know what, we are good Christians because we forgive, but we will not have a healthy and strong relationship. Because the Bible not only talks about forgiveness, Jesus also talks about, we're going to discover in a moment, let our yes be yes and our no, no. And he talks about, actually, one of the fruit of the spirits is faithfulness, meaning we keep our words and we're faithful to the commitments that we make, meaning the Holy Spirit is at work 24-7 in each of our lives to, to help develop our what? Faithfulness. And if the Holy Spirit is really living in your heart, uh, he's working on that faithfulness. And again, if you're faithful, uh, that, that means there should be a level of trust in most of your relationships. So we're going to uh, begin in Matthew 5 and verse 33. And he's correcting the people of, of, of Israel. He said, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. Now, by the time Jesus said this, the religious leaders and, and the whole culture had so perverted and twisted the third commandment, which is you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. So what they did is, okay, they said we won't take Yahweh's name or Jehovah's name in vain, but we'll use other names and still take phony oaths, meaning they, the bottom line was, you know what, 
uh, we, we supposed to be true to our word and true to our oaths. But what they did is they found a technicality in order for them to, to give an oath and that oath not be binding. Um, so they would swear by the temple, swear by their head. They swear by their mother's life, their grandfather's grave. Uh, they swear by Jerusalem on and on and on. So they wouldn't swear by Jehovah, but they swear by something else and then break the oath. But the bottom line was God wanted us to be honest and trustworthy so that trust in relationships can be built. If I go to sleep at night and I can't trust the fact that you're not going to stab me, I'm not going to sleep well. If you're in my home, maybe in the, uh, in the, in the uh, bedroom down the hall, and, and I can't trust that you're not going to start a fire, uh, I, I can't rest well. Trust is foundational to relationships. And if you don't have trust, you really don't have a relationship. And, uh, you know, even with leadership, I recognize that being a pastor or being your pastor is largely a trust. You have trusted me with that position. And I have to honor that trust. And the moment I break that trust is the moment that relationship either comes apart or uh, perhaps there's forgiveness in the rest. But, but I would rather not have to be forgiven and maintain that trust versus having to deal with all the broken hearts, uh, et cetera. So what we do is we focus again. I want you to pay attention to your thinking. Sometimes we focus on the forgiveness instead of, you know, let's be trustworthy. And yes, I, I, listen, we try the best we can to be trustworthy, and you're going to have moments where you need to be forgiven because that's life. Uh, we're, we're human. We make mistakes. But for some folks to kind of live in the realm where they just kind of hustle other people, well, you better forgive me. Uh, if you're a Christian, you're going to forgive me. And, and that's the wrong spirit, and it's a twisting of, of, of the truth of the Scriptures, just like uh, the, the, the Jewish leaders at this time trusted the Ten Commandments. But Jesus said this, but I say to you, do not swear at all. Now, on the surface, you would think this, this, this would mean that we are to never, ever take oaths. But the problem is, as we read the scriptures, when we get to Hebrews chapter 6, in particular 13 through, through 18, God himself uh, swears an oath. Actually, when you read the writing of, of, of Paul over and over again to, to heighten the seriousness of a point, he would also make oaths or take oaths, if you will. And uh, so really what, what he's talking about is, is, is where we're about to see in a moment. The larger point is our word should be our bond where we don't have to swear by Jerusalem. We don't have to swear by a mother's grave. We don't have to, 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 to swear. We don't even have to sign a contract because we have a history of our word being our bond. He said this, do not swear at all by heaven. And by the way, what Jesus is doing in the Beatitudes is folks had uh, taken the law and they had felt that they were living up to the standards of the law. And he was actually explaining to them, you really don't understand what the law really meant. Uh, you think that if you could just do outward behaviors, you would fulfill the law. But the reality is God looks not only at the outward behavior, but also at the heart. And in all of his uh, teaching during the Beatitudes, he starts digging into the heart behind the matter. Well, you may not have touched a woman, but you certainly lusted after that woman. So in that respect, you have broken the commandment. Uh, you may not have murdered someone, but you have wanted to. So he, he talks about the 
intent of the law. And, and here, he, he's, 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 he's doing the same thing. He's, he's saying, now, you may have superficially not used the name of, of Jehovah or Yahweh uh, in your oath, but nonetheless, you have broken the commandment because the very spirit of the commandment is that we are to keep our word. So he said, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth. And by the way, this is what people were doing. I swear by heaven. Nor by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, you know, meaning may, you know, something bad happen to me. May, may all my hair fall off if I don't do X, Y, and Z. Because you cannot make one hair white or, or, or black. God, God wants us to, to, to live lives where we earn such respect with those that we're in relationship with and we live with such consistency that our word is simply enough. And this is what Jesus is getting at. He's really explaining the, the, the third commandment here. Now, people with good intentions make promises, but people with integrity keep them. And God wants all of us to be people of integrity. Yes, we will sometimes miss it and mess up, but we don't go into something expecting to mess up. We, 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 and 99% of the time, you know, with God's help, we will get it right. But here's the, let me, let me put a little more oxygen back in the room because, you know, when you start talking about these types of things, you know, people all get a little defensive and get a little bit nervous because we've all uh, fallen short. According to uh, a recent survey, uh, now, I can't prove this, but Americans, according to this survey, lie at least 11 times every single week. So that's more than one lie every day. So uh, lying is just something that, that, that we tend to do. And, and the motivation for it is, is sometimes, you know, at least we, we think it's good. It's, it's, you know what, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Other times we're frightened of the, the consequences. Uh, sometimes, frankly, we just lie just because we felt like it. And, and, and that's the, the reality. But the problem with, with, with lying is the more we do it, the easier it becomes. And uh, that's why, you know, the, the, the older folks used to say, once a liar, always a liar. Meaning, you know, once you start lying, it, it's real easy to continue that, that, that pattern. But why is lying an issue? The fundamental reason is lying undermines trust. Uh, trust reduces stress. It, 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 it helps us feel safe. It helps us know what, what to expect. If God, you know, told me something and uh, it wasn't true, the next time he told me something, I couldn't rest on that because I don't know if he lied like last time. And just like in our relationship with God, trust has to be there in order for the relationship to be healthy. Likewise, with our relationships with, with our family and, and our friends and our peers, there has to be trust in order for that relationship to remain healthy. So trust is super, super important. And the problem with a lie is, again, imagine if everyone is lying all the time. You don't know what to believe. Um, you know what? You have to have these super long contracts like we do today. Um, you know, if everyone's lying, you, you can't take anyone at their word. You have to fact check everything. You have to almost hire a, F, uh, you know, a, a private eye to, to look into people's background. Cause you know, that, I mean, it's just exhausting when people don't tell 
the truth. And you don't know what's real. She said she loved me, but does she really love me? You know, she, she said that, that, you know what, she was going to the store, but is she really at the store? You know, or, or, or he, you know, switched the genders here. But the, the, the short of it is not telling the truth creates a tremendous amount of strength, uh, stress, and it undermines all of our, our relationships. So Jesus said this, said, but let your yes be yes and your no what? No. Without communication, communication is, is important. Without communication, there is no relationship. You, you, if you're not talking and you won't communicate, there's no relationship. Without respect, there's no value to that relationship. I mean, if, if you don't respect me and value me, we, 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 we have a problem. Without trust, though, there's no reason to continue. So, you know, trust is, 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 is a fundamental part of all of our relationships. And what we do sometimes as religious people, we focus on the forgiveness piece and don't build the trust piece. So yes, forgive, but build the trust. So what I'm going to do is uh, take a couple moments, and I'm going to give you four things that you can work through with your kids, if you're married with your spouse, if, if, if you're dating somebody with the person you're, 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 you're dating, and um, friends, uh, what have you. I'm going to give you four things that if you begin to work on these things very quickly, I would say 25 to 50% of your problems are going to very quickly go away. And I'm going to start with number one. Number one, say what you mean and mean what you say. I know that sounds so simple, but so many of us do not say what we mean and mean what we say. We say what we want or what we think the other person wants to hear. We need to be clear and we need to honor our commitments. And over time, what happens is your track record will begin to speak for itself. So number one, say what you mean, even when it's a little bit uncomfortable and mean what you say. Number two, case in point, if my wife asks me if that dress looks nice, I'm going to tell her really what I think. I'm, I'm not going to be crude or, or mean, but you know what, honey? I don't think that particular dress flatters you. I, I, don't, I don't think it, it really uh, brings out, you know, the best. She's going to hear what I really, really think. And because of that, when she hears my opinion, she, she, she knows I mean what I say. And she, 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 well, she doesn't always listen, but she, she, she knows I mean what, 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 what I say. And she asks my opinion because she knows she's going to get honest uh, input. Likewise, after a message, you know, I'll ask her, honey, do you think folks understood what I was saying? And she'll tell me uh, no, uh, or she'll tell me, me yes. And that's important. I need that type of feedback. And that's why she adds such value to my life because I could depend on her to tell me the truth. Number two, be consistent because trust is built over time. So number one, say what you mean and mean what you say. Say what you mean, mean what you say. We're not trained that way. We are trained to lie. We are trained not to, to make anyone feel awkward or, or for ourselves to be awkward. And a lot of times we're really protecting ourselves even more than that person. But number two, be consistent because trust is built over time. Now, love is unconditional, but trust is earned. And I say that often. It's, it's really vital because, again, with, with not you, but a lot of religious people, they got this religious hustle going on where, you know what, they do something awful, 
and they think that they should stay in the job. They do something awful, and they think that, that they should stay, you should keep them in the same level of relationship. No, if you don't repent and really have a heart turn in that area, we can't still be in that same level of relationship. Now, I can love you and forgive you and release you, not want anything bad to happen to you, pray for you, pull for you. But if I can't trust you, we cannot have that same level of relationship. Do you follow what I'm saying? Forgiveness is not the same as trust. So uh, I can forgive you again, but that doesn't necessarily mean I, I immediately trust you. Trust is earned over time. It's also lost. Sometimes, you know, I guess trust is earned over time, but, but trust is also lost often like that. And we have to be mindful of that. So if you failed and if you say, say if you have been forgiven and, and you have repented, don't say, well, automatically, you know, that person's supposed to, their trust level automatically is supposed to be at 100%. They're not dumb. Um, you have to earn that trust again. And you have to prove it over and over and over and over again. And, and with human beings, we remember the bad things and forget a lot of times the good things. That's just the way we are. So if you've done me wrong, I mean, I remember that. But if you do right, that's sometimes you don't, you, you begin to forget. But, but understanding the way humans are, once you fail, you have to work twice as hard to earn back that trust, okay? So say what you mean, mean what you say. I mean, really start being honest with those you love. Number two, be consistent because trust is built over time. Number three, be transparent, especially when it's hard. And, and some of these overlap a little bit. When you say what you mean and mean what you say, that, that's also being transparent. But, but admit mistakes. Um, you know, some people only tell you the right things they do. Um, but be quick to admit it when you mess up and when you make a mistake, because I can trust a person that, you see, case in point. Now, if you only tell me when you do right things, I can't be certain that I'm getting the full story about an event. Because all you're going to tell me is, is, is the highlight reel, and, and, and I'm not going to get some of the, the, the other information. So I need you to be able to admit to me you know what, you, you made a mistake. So, okay, let's say your, your child goes to school, gets an A on a test. He said, hey, mom and dad, I got an A on a test. But he also got suspended. And uh, he didn't tell you that part. Trust is lost. Um, and you just discovered, you know, I know schools do a better job of contacting parents, et cetera. But you, you think he's in school for three days. In reality, he or she was out of school. And then you start wondering, well, if he leaves that out, if he left that out, how can I trust all that he's saying? Do you get what I'm saying? So, so we need to, 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 to be transparent. Number four, show respect. You may be right, but are you kind? You may be right, but are you gentle? You may be right, but are you really acting like a good person in the way you handle things. So, you know, show respect. Don't belittle people. You know, a lot of folks, you know, this 10 years ago, everybody was talking about, you know, I'm keeping it real. I just keep it real. And they use that to insult people and to say harsh and mean things. They would say, I'm just keeping it real. Yo, you're just keeping it mean. And, uh, you know, we can show respect as we speak the truth. There are ways that we can say things that will not belittle and, and make people feel uh, you know, less important and less valuable. And then Jesus continues. He says, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. See, all the swearing, all the crying, 
all the reasoning and going into your childhood and all the rest is often a distraction and a deception. Yeah, you need to know where some of your behaviors come from, but constantly just really, yeah, it was because my mama and my, because of my daddy and it's 30 years now that you've been out of the house and, and you still use that as the excuse. He says, whatever is more than your yes or no is from the what? Evil one. Ultimately, it's a deception. It's a smoke screen. I know I'm talking about some hard things here. All we have to do, according to Jesus, is say what you mean and mean what you say. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. If you're going to the store, go to the store. If you didn't do that thing you told that person you would do, don't tell them you did it. Tell them what happened. And when you do that, again, it just alleviates a whole lot of stress in the life of those that, 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 that you love. You know, sometimes I'm not so hurt that someone lied to me. Hear what I'm saying. As much as the fact is I can't trust them anymore. It's not that I'm a goody-goody, you're, you know, you lied to me and you deserve to lose all of your brownie points. Well, the reality is because you lied to me, boldface, I can't trust you. So now I have to research everything you say. Now I have to think through whether or not you're telling me the truth. I have all this going on in my head now when I listen to you that I can no longer just hear what you say and then move on to the next thing. So what I want us to do tonight, actually I have a handout that I want you to read. And if you're with your family, perhaps you can look at it at the table and you go over it together. Just go to the website and you can print it out for yourself. Um, I want you to, yes, forgive, that's important but I want you to, to make restoring trust a priority, not just forgiveness, restoring trust. So if I have, if I need to be forgiven, my job after that point is to help restore trust. If uh, you have been forgiven, realize the problem may not be that other persons are forgiveness, though sometimes it is, but the real issue may be that emotionally they feel that they can't trust you. Financially, they may feel that they cannot trust you. See, I, I have a lot of family, a lot of friends. Um, I, I can think of people by the dozens that, that I, I, I have forgiven. But unfortunately, the relationship is over because I know I can't trust them. Now, yeah, you know, I'd be gracious and, and, and love on them and, again, wish the best, but they never really repented. There was never really a change of heart. And since they're, that, they're the same person, they're just going to do the same thing again. So uh, I've spoken in the past, and this is really, really important, about the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. You can forgive a person um, that sins against you, meaning your heart is right, you're good, but reconciliation can only come with trust. Case in point is, and I've used this illustration before, if I had a babysitter that uh, abused one of my children um, when they were young. Now, I could forgive that babysitter, but I will not reconcile them to their position unless I know there was a complete change of heart and a turnaround. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.